Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and today we have the audio from our June 2017 podcasting meetup, where we talked about how to make a living in new media with Michael Short of Let's Go Outdoors. Before we get into the show, I want to thank our sponsors. Taproot Edmonton is a source of curiosity-driven stories about the city cultivated by the community. Taproot is hosting its first live show on June 21st. Find details and get your tickets at twitter.com slash taprootyeg. Unbelts, formerly known as Flatter Me Belts, sells ethically made no-bulk belts that are unlike anything you've tried before. Visit www.unbeltskickoff.com for $5 off your first order. Variant Edition sells comics and books and holds many fantastic meetups, including ours. You can visit them at variantedmonton.com. And thanks as well to Cafe Rista for catering our event. Please uh, check them out at caferista.ca. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Castria, where award-winning podcasters help you record, edit, and publish your podcast. You'll hear more from Erica and Stephen from Castria later in the show. And now, on with the meetup. All right, well, now we all know each other, and so now I want you to get to know Michael Short. He is the host and chief storyteller at Let's Go Outdoors, which is a portal to stories about land, air, and water. He is the only full-time broadcast journalist in Alberta dedicated to bringing the outdoors to audiences. Let's Go Outdoors started as a radio program in 1999, then shifted to television, expanding from one-minute vignettes to a full-on show from 2012 to 2014. In 2009, I think, Let's Go Outdoors got onto the internet. Mm, yeah. Yeah, starting with YouTube and soon a full website with regular posts as well as video. And last year, Michael started putting some of his audio stories out as a podcast, which you can subscribe to in Apple Podcasts. So please welcome Michael. Hey. Oh, thank you. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. How did you get into media, full stop? Uh, media. Um, well, I guess uh, I have to look to my dad for that. Um, he was a, a bit of a, a name uh, here in the Edmonton area. For those of you that may have followed sports, uh, he was the host of Sports Talk, uh, John yes. Short. Right. And then, uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, he was a newspaper man growing up uh, as a kid. Uh, I was enthralled by going into the newsroom and seeing all this you know, teletype machines and actually going down to the printing press and all of that so that was kind of that was pretty cool and yeah. and so um yeah i kind of i i wasn't really a, a strong writer um never have been but um i i seem to have the gift of the gab so uh radio was was the calling for me and and so i actually bugged dad quite a bit that i was in radio before he was so excellent because <laughs> he did go on to have kind of a second career on on sports radio yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah and um so i um you know, I cut my teeth in a number of different areas. I, I was a, a racetrack caller at Northlands. I covered curling. I did play-by-play -play of some sports. Um, I ended up uh, as a bureau chief at the Alberta legislature, and I covered politics for six years. That was probably one of the best gigs I ever had. Um, I covered the Oilers. I covered the Eskimos, uh, working for numerous different stations in and around the Edmonton area. So then why did you decide to start your own business instead of working for someone else? 
kind of forced into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, like I, I think anyone that spends enough time in the radio or in the media business, they end up getting um, uh, well fired. <laughs> and that happened to me several times. You know, it was just sort of one of those things, and yeah. and uh, you bounce from from job to job. And and uh, I still loved. I loved media. I love being in a scenario where I can go out and interview people and that type of thing. And so I was trying to think, well, what can I do? How can I make this work? I had a, another career going concurrent to my media one in the, I was also a public affairs officer in the Air Force Reserves for almost 20 years. And so I was able to um, utilize some of my skills as a, a journalist and I started producing these in-house um, Air Force stories. Uh, one of the big ones I did was uh, the 75th anniversary of, of the Royal Canadian Air Force and um, interviewed some really cool people uh, right across Canada and I ended up producing, this was in about 1998, 97. So I ended up producing these things and, and they were just an internal um, um, but then we looked at them and thought, well, well, why don't we send them out to radio stations? So I did that, and uh, they got some picked up uh, in, in eastern Canada. And, and uh, so that kind of planted a seed. And then uh, so as I was still doing the reserve gig, um, I had more, because it's not full-time, um, I started to dabble more into, okay, well, what can I do? on uh, the media side to to make it all work and so i started to pull uh, my interviews and my love of the outdoors and i started the the let's go outdoors thing so uh, you probably have lots of interests why did why did the outdoors feel like a good niche for you to be in it was it was something that there there's tons of coverage but it's done from a very um a different perspective it's it's the actual um going out and fishing and hunting and and that type of thing and i i wanted to look at it from a different way and that is okay well why do you fish why do you hunt what is our impact on the environment what are we doing to um enhance habitat uh, across the province so i came at it from more of a, a people perspective than an animal uh, perspective of, of, of the actual doing. Um, and um, I just found that that resonated with a number of groups and, and that opened a door. Um, yeah. A number of conservation organizations from the Alberta Fishing Game, the Alberta Conservation Association, Trout Unlimited, Ducks Unlimited, they all kind of saw some value in having quote unquote an independent guy go out and talk about the various conservation programs that they're trying to launch and and get that third party endorsement if you will and so that's how it it started to grow and uh, and that's what brought me to where we are today yeah so talk a little bit more about why organizations would be interested in paying somebody but not controlling what this somebody says well that's the dance yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you know and 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 rightly so they're you know, mainstream or traditional media uh you go into a newsroom and and um there is a very fine line it, it, well not a fine line it's a very definitive line that if as a journalist you do not cross and and you know if if there's any relationship that has to be disclosed with a, a potential sponsor and um i don't know it it the way i do what i do i'm not out to 
shine a spotlight on some evil doing. Mm-hmm. It's I'm talking about how an, a group is trying to enhance habitat for ducks. Well, okay, that could be, you know, maybe there, maybe there's something deeper there. I don't know <laughs> that what we need to explore, but um, I try not to get too serious about that kind of thing. So the fact that I could, I could talk about it, I had some skill with doing interviews, um, putting a story together, all of that added um, real value. And I don't think I cross any ethical lines when it comes to, you know, it's full disclosure, you, you see that I'm supported by these organizations. Um, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do something that is, is you know, um, unethical I think yeah. I, even even when I had support from the oil and gas sector which back in the in, in the early days that was uh, that was something that was kind of frowned upon but they had an interesting story to tell mm-hmm. I mean the Syncrude folks shell um, they all do some pretty cool um, reclamation work and they really weren't getting the kind of coverage that they felt they you know rightly wrongly deserved so i was i was on the spot and i provided an opportunity for them to tell their story through me and i asked every question that i think a a a normal reporter would ask and i put the story together the way a normal reporter would put it together and there were never any issues um going back and saying because again my my the whole purpose of everything that i do within the let's go outdoors suite of of products if you will is education that's mm-hmm. at the end of the day that's what i'm trying to do i'm just trying to pass along did you know yeah yeah you know abc so on the distribution side of things at first you were distributed through mainstream media correct so what was that uh, sales pitch like? Oh, it was really easy. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'd knock on a door and I say, I've got X amount of dollars to spend. Do you want to put my program oh, on there? Okay. I pay for it. I pay for it. Yeah. I mean, when I tried the first, I tried the first uh, line and it was, well, kind of met with, uh, well, maybe we can run you at six o'clock on Sunday morning or, you know, two o'clock on a Tuesday morning mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but once, you know, it, but that was that was the leverage I could go back to my uh, sponsors and say, look, we've got an opportunity. We can buy some time and this is what we can do. So I started doing that and um, it was through the sponsorship dollars that allowed me to do it. And um and so it started to grow. We started to see, you know, we started off with one radio station. And by the time I was sort of done um, playing that game, I was up to about 16 radio stations. And then I made the switch into television. And it was basically the same model. Um, we went and we, we've, we bought program time and and produce the show a lot more strings involved of course with with television than there are with radio but uh, it was it was an interesting experience to say the least Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it certainly grew the brand like let's go outdoors is is well known probably because of that i i think in some circles so it it yeah it definitely it benefited what I was trying to do, so it it definitely was a, a cycle. You know, uh, the more mainstream traditional media that I bought through the use of, of sponsorship dollars, and in some cases there weren't enough sponsorship dollars, so I bought it myself. Um, and 
that increased the profile, which just made it more um, uh, appetizing, I guess, for my sponsors to say, well, we're going to keep keep going with you. Um, so it, yeah, it, it, there was a, a positive there. I don't know. Um, the the landscape in traditional media has changed so much from the time that, um, well, the last job I had was with CKUA, 1991. <laughs> um, uh, and that was my last traditional uh, media job, apart from when I started Let's Go Outdoors in 99. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it it's just being your own, your own producer, your own everything positives and negatives to like that come along with that for sure um so before we get into that kind of thing you at some point decided to go more directly to your audience through the internet um with with the youtube channel and and the website so what have you learned about that process about going direct to the audience instead of being mediated by a mainstream gotta have a really thick skin yeah (laughs) (laughs) um opening yourself up to um facebook youtube um uh instagram um, all the, the social media platforms that one would use as barker channels to drive traffic to wherever you want them to drive. Or in my case, it's driving them to my website so that they can actually see the story that I've produced. But um, I, I would say that was a, a big eye-opener. Not everyone really loves what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. they're not afraid um, to, to, to uh, express their opinions, which opinions are fine, but it does get a little crazy from time to time. Um, so that was one of the things. It, it, it really does give you a face-to-face with an audience that um, uh, maybe really care about your your what you're trying to do and and there, there can be some great dialogue so it's that connectivity to an audience that you don't get in in traditional media in a way, unless you're doing a talk show I suppose mm-hmm. that, then then mm-hmm. you're you're actually talking to some people but um, uh, it, it's a new form of letters to the editor that's for sure it, yeah. it's very <laughs> it can be very direct and 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 uh, quite and it can lead you to different areas I mean people have called in and said well what about this mm-hmm. and Hey, that's a great idea. Um, I'll pursue that. And like story ideas. Story ideas, or or looking at it, or looking at that story in a different way, or, or how it affected somebody else differently. And I think that's another key point: is um, issues. We we tend to be a society that likes to cover issues, mm-hmm. but if to be really effective in talking about that issue you got to look at it through the eyes of the people that are being affected by that issue and to me that's good storytelling if you can go out and and grab someone and and get you know whatever that issue is and how does and that's your focus then you're and and it's a very true with, with with the kinds of stories that I try and do with Let's Go Outdoors. There's always somebody that is um, affected, whether good, positive, or otherwise, with uh, the types of stories that I try and produce. Mm-hmm. So through all the format changes and distribution changes, you've had um, sponsors stick with you through that. Your one big sponsor, Alberta Conservation Association. Right. How do you keep them happy and feeling <laughs> like it's everything's going to be okay, even though it looks different? I wonder about that every night. <laughs> <laughs> How in the world are you still with me? Uh, because I keep waiting for that shoe to fall. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been ten years uh, that that ACA has been with me, and um, through them, other um, other organizations, and even 
believe in government um, have from time to time come on board and and um, you do have to reinvent like it is it's a reinvention I mean we went from uh, purchasing uh, one minute two minute time blocks on on radio stations to a full half hour on radio stations and then um, producing uh, uh, 12 episodes of a half hour television show on on discovery world and ctv and and uh, global um to so it's it, it's constantly trying to figure out okay how else can i engage in the audience and i guess the big thing for me that that really turned the 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 the, the, the turn the corner was the fact that i really didn't know how we're how many people we were reaching that's one of the one of the issues with uh, i guess traditional media is really getting a, a handle on just how many people are listening are tuning in there's anecdotal evidence but there's certainly nothing concrete that you can go to a sponsor and say you know what at 6 15 on tuesday afternoon i had x number of people engage in this story well that change when you can go online mm-hmm. now you have facebook you have your youtube you you have not only the counts but you can get an audit and i do that every year i hire an outside company to come in and actually audit my audience uh, the number of hits views um comments all of that thing um and i present that to my to my uh, my various sponsors and you know the numbers are there that they're they're happy to to keep going i mean they're reaching an audience in a different way than they've ever had in the past it's not just a a whitewash over the masses we are actually able and this is the beauty and and you know you i i listen to some of the folks that are out here today uh and what they're doing and they're all in prime um um position Mm -hmm. to really target so, uh, there's specific audiences and that's the beauty of this it's not mass broadcasting it's target casting for sure and yeah. and i think that we're seeing more and more of that and i think that is becoming both a positive and a negative i think broadcasting um still has a role and a very important role in providing the the general information of the day and that all i think is is very important to being a well-rounded individual but then we all have our specific interests we all want to know more about xyz and this is where the podcasting and and the online um, scenarios i think can deliver and and do it far better than than or has the potential to do it far better than anything we've ever seen in the past yeah and and i think that your current audience is so much more intentional than your previous audience. Like before, you were hoping to catch people who happened to have the radio on or the TV on at that time, and who knows whether they care about what you're doing, it, really, precisely. in a way, right? Yeah. Now, the tens of thousands of people that you engage with on Facebook on every story, they did that on purpose, right? <laughs> they came there, they didn't accidentally see it. Yeah, exactly, and, and, and that's where you, you know, that's the gold mine. That's mm-hmm. where, you know, your sponsors are going to, turn around and 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 say hey this is this is worth putting the money into it and we are seeing the benefit because it's getting their message out in a very 
I, you know, still a biased way. I, I still do the story the way I do the story, but it, it, there are a lot of other filters removed. You know that the people are there because they have an interest in what, what it is that you're talking about. Yeah. How much of your time do you think you spend producing the content and how much of your time would you spend like building the business or working on the business or running it? Yeah. Um, it's the, the getting content is, is, is work for sure. Um, I mean, I'm bouncing all over the province. I have a, a small team when it comes to the, to the video component, I have a small team that I can rely on. If I can't get somewhere, I can send a videographer out and he can, or she can film. Um, but, um, so there's, that's a, that's a big part of it. Um, and it's always, I'm always like right now I'm already thinking about next year in terms of business development. Okay. Getting proposals done, uh, doing a phone call and just saying, Hey, uh, you know, potential sponsor, what if I did this? Would you be interested in, in something like that? So it's, it's always being two or three steps ahead of, okay, I know that I've got the next three months looked after. Now I want to, you know, that fourth, fifth and so on yeah you've got to be on the phone or you got to be meeting people and that's the you know that's the beauty it, it, and i think this is the biggest challenge sorry i'm kind of bouncing around a no. little bit um that i think um someone um i mean i was kind of lucky that i guess i could kind of get into the sales thing a little bit because most reporters that i knew oh boy oh, that's true. <laughs> going out and knocking on doors um to to promote themselves and to promote what they want to do was a really tough thing for for a lot of them to to make that 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 switch Mm -hmm. Um, but you have to do that in in this thing if 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 you're the chief cook and bottle washer um, the floors still got to be swept and and the garbage taken out and you're the you're the person that's got to do it so uh, it's it's all, I wouldn't say it's 50-50. Um, I would say that content, when I'm in that mode and I'm producing stuff just about every week now, um, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of effort. And then it's, it's maybe a couple of weeks uh, concurrent with that that I'm also uh, looking at, at new opportunities. But one of the things that you'll find, and I think uh, folks here will find too, is that as you get into whatever your area is that it starts to catch on and and there's going to be people out there that will listen and people that are going to say hey i think something like this could really work for us so it does become a word of mouth thing and it does get a little bit easier i mean it's great when the phone rings and somebody says hey we want to hire you to do this believe me it hasn't happened that often (laughs) (laughs) but when it does it's a pretty cool feeling yeah yeah and you earned it though right? well i guess you know it's uh, you you know even a blind squirrel gets lucky from time to time so you know Okay, so if someone wants to make new media their day job or at least a significant part of their income and they don't have your years of experience yet, uh, what's your advice? Well, I guess there's lots of technical things and and as we heard with some of your uh, uh, audience members today there's some there's some expertise out there so I wouldn't get hung up on the technical stuff because there's there's going to be help out there for you Um, if you're already an inquisitive individual um, that's the first step 
um, any podcast, especially when you're wanting to provide a service-based podcast versus an entertainment one, um, if you're inquisitive and you 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 you're not afraid to to sit in a, a, a format like this and put a microphone down in front of someone and say, what do you do? Why do mm-hmm. you do it? You know, who, what, when, where, why, and how? Mm-hmm. Uh, very simple questions that you can build a real narrative on. So that would be the first thing is just having that that sense of, of wonderment and, and be engaged with the person that you're wanting to talk to. On the entertainment side of, of the podcast, uh, that's, that's a different flair. I've never considered myself much of an entertainer so it's a much strong uh, much more difficult thing for me to do but there's folks uh, that that can just sit down and just go off on a tangent and do their thing and 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 that's that's a tougher one to sell yeah. Uh, to be honest, but um, it it a certain skill set that that goes with it that is hard to to, to do, you know you can develop it I suppose but you've got to have sort of something going on I would say though that you 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 must have internalized the consciousness of what is going to be interesting to the audience and how not to um, go on forever and waste their time or anything like that that is a that's definitely a learned skill mm-hmm. um, you know you can kind of sense it with an interview things are getting a little slow or whatever and it, okay let's wrap it up but um, you know it, it and you do it and I'm sure the uh, other folks do it it's it's when you when you're talking with somebody and you're talking um, to get information from them uh, most people aren't pretty sh- are, are not shy about talking about themselves so if you've got that ability um, so that you know I, I guess that would be the sort of the starter uh, of, of wanting to host a podcast is be interested in who you're bringing in be interested in obviously you're interested in the topic otherwise you wouldn't be doing it and mm-hmm. you're probably a subject matter expert in the topic so that goes a long way um, I've always considered myself more of a generalist um, I, I've got a broad interest but um, the reporter kind of skills that have come over the years uh, allow me to kind of get into anything I suppose in terms of a interviewing uh, scenario um, but uh, for someone that's just starting out um, you're already bringing to the table a lot of, of, of things that that you're going to need for uh, doing a successful interview yeah what's next for let's go outdoors what's next um, yeah well um, I don't know see, I'll see what happens next week <laughs> um, yeah it's it's a it's it's ongoing um, I'm hopefully looking to expand out into the west coast um, doing a fair amount of filming out there um, right now and uh, developing and I guess that's kind of another area you know where you look at developing video and or audio and a lot of people have asked me well should I do video should I do audio and the answer is yes, yes. <laughs> um, marrying both components is is outstanding but you know it I mean obviously producing video it's it's engaging because of what you're seeing but audio as well and and I guess that would be another element that if if you're new to this audio quality number one even if you're doing video 
audio is number one. So if you are new and you want to get started, seek out some people um, that that have some experience with audio and can help you with it. Because uh, without good audio, good storytelling becomes really difficult in the medium in which we are trying to reach people. We'll take a break and hear from our friends at Castria, and then we'll be back to hear more from our meetup. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Castria, where award-winning podcasters can help you make your show sound great. I'm here with Castria co-founders Stephen Schapansky and Erica Ensign. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. How did you get into podcasting before we get into what Castria is? I got into podcasting over 10 years ago when a friend and I wanted to start talking about Doctor Who. And he knew about podcasting. I did not. So he set it up and I just talked onto a mic once a week with him. And 10 years later and many other podcasts later, um, here we are. So my life has been podcasting for the better part of a decade or more. Yeah. And I discovered Stephen's podcast about 10 years ago. It was only, I think, the second podcast I ever listened to. And that was a great big part of what inspired me to start my first podcast, which is also a Doctor Who podcast. And I dived in uh, with both feet and uh, have collected a good number of podcasts since then. And it really has been my life ever since. All right. So what can Castria do for people? Podcasting is still sort of an up-and-coming media format on the internet and, and in the world. It's it's gaining popularity. So if you have been podcasting already for a while and you want to improve, or if you want to just take some of the work off of your plate and have somebody else do it for you, we can help with that. Or if you are interested in getting into the realm of podcasting, we can help you uh, plan what kind of a, a podcast that would look like. We can help get it set up from the beginning and. And also, we, if you decide you want to be the one who's actually doing the work and all that kind of thing, but you don't know where to start, we can actually train you how to do that and give you tools to keep you going and then you know, set you free into the world of podcasting on the internet to do that. In fact, if you are located in Edmonton, we can actually come in person and do the recording for you and the audio engineering to make sure that everything sounds as, as good as possible. And in addition to the audio stuff, there are a variety of other media solutions that we can offer for you. We can do video editing. Um, both Stephen and I have published essays in a variety of magazines and books about both podcasting and genre properties of different sorts. We have done voiceover work and voice acting, uh, and we can even do uh, copy editing and proofreading on an hourly rate basis. So lots of lots of media solutions to mm -hmm. uh, to offer. And it's also if if you want to do like a personal podcast or something like that, like if something you love, like a show or something like that, it, we, we do work for that. But also if you're a business or something wanting to help promote your 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 brand and your product and your office and stuff, uh, we think that podcasting is a way to sort of control your advertising message, and so that can be helpful as well. So there's a wide variety of people we can help. Excellent. Uh, thanks for coming to chat with me. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for producing my podcast. <laughs> Anytime. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, visit wearecastria.com to hire Stephen and Erica to help you make your podcast. They help me, and I know they can help you. Castria is C-A-S-T-R-I-A, and they are at wearecastria.com. Do you guys have any questions for Michael? 
Yeah, it's interesting to me. I mean, I did take copious notes. I actually produced the TV show uh, Fishing with the Dodger. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I had, I dipped my toe into that area a little bit. I was really just doing the producing and uh, the fellow who was like hosting it and all the rest of it, he was doing the sales part of it. So, ah, okay. you know, I got to see what it was like. It was also a, a buyout thing and we were on city TV and ah. wild TV in the States and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess I was uh, interested in uh, uh, a little bit about, uh, so you started in TV. When when was that? When did you get it on, on air? Uh, we first went to air, I think, in 2012. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We started on CTV, um, and then, um, uh, yeah, 2012, 2013, 2014 was our final year, and we were on Discovery World. Uh, for our final our final season and then when you uh I, I think you said you went to youtube was that 2009 or am i making that up uh youtube no i think it, well yeah i guess 2009 we started i started uh, posting some of my stuff to youtube um youtube is really interesting because i use facebook as my primary um uh push or or, or uh, uh, barker channel um, YouTube will not acknowledge the traffic um, that you generate. So it looks, it would only count as one view, despite the fact that um, on average, my weekly uh, Facebooks, um, well, this week is about 32,000 people that we reached on Facebook. Um, YouTube will only count that as one view so unless but but again it's really important that you use all those platforms so i use facebook i still use youtube uh youtube actually parks my my video production um and then i link to it um through my my web page and um we we average about a 10 percent return on our facebook to our web page so it's it's pretty that's pretty decent yeah. uh, from what i understand of, of of these kinds of numbers so um it's yeah it, it's, it's uh, that's how it all kind of ties together and then with your sponsors did you kind of bring them along also to youtube yeah absolutely they all uh, they all were um quite anxious to to see how this was going to work and um they all came along with me um i managed to keep uh, alberta conservation association right from the get-go um all the way through uh, both the um the primary um media partners that i i utilized right through into uh, social media platforms yeah so yeah, it's been a it's been a good run so far. Yeah, touch wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any other questions, yeah, James? Um, a lot of people have asked me this because I'm supposed to be a media guy uh, <laughs> or multimedia guy. Um, how do you manage or differentiate the content between a video piece like you would put on on YouTube and an audio piece like you would have on a podcast? Um, is there is there differentiation or is there or do you really, or, or do you have the same content for both? Yeah, that, great question. And and here's the beauty: is when I'm shooting video, I will strip out the audio, and there's my podcast. Do you lose anything in that in that translation? No, in I, fact, I, I think you almost because I'm thinking about it as I ask a question or I set, you know. So I'll 
I'll say, you know, um, hey, Todd, it's a great day. We're on the boat. We're in Pigeon Lake. Uh, the fish are biting. You, you, you use those descriptive words in your question, even though you can you see it because at the end of the day, um, the uh, my my commentary that I use on video nine times out of ten isn't there. It's it's a written script, so I pull that out. But the audio is still one concurrent piece so it's very easy for me to and then you get you you get things like natural sound too you know you've got your guest mic'd and and or you're using a boom mic off the camera and you're getting the birds in the water and whatever so it really enhances the the audio experience um uh for sure it's 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 pretty it, it is a different kind of um a feeling but you're not putting this exact same audio that was on your like the produced video no out as a podcast because that wouldn't work right? um sometimes Mostly. sometimes it does um again i've used uh, i've i've stripped off um uh, from a produced video story i've pulled off the audio and it will work and it works actually quite well Cause, because because you're thinking about it in yeah. advance that this has to work without pictures as well yeah. as with pictures. yeah exactly yeah gotcha cool Excellent. now um through your experience have you noticed that there's a different demand for different content podcast versus video you know um i haven't all i guess i'm trying to do is uh, is produce content that because there's people that that absorb media differently some are listeners and, and i'll even use copy blocks on the web page because some want to read it um some want to hear it some want to watch it so if you kind of cover all those bases um then you know but no one has come to me i i guess i've had a few emails from folks who said hey what you know i really missed the radio show and so then i say well go to the podcast because there it is <laughs> yeah uh, so but um yeah it's just i i guess give them everything <laughs> gotcha cool yeah. thank you very much yeah thank you okay um, thank you. That was awesome. Welcome. Visit letsgooutdoors.com to see Michael's work and find the links to all of his social media channels. The Let's Go Outdoors podcast is in Apple Podcasts as well. I will link to all of the things that we talked about in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com. And God willing, this episode will be up on Monday. Yeah, God and Stephen willing. That's the same thing. The next podcast meetup here is going to be on July 30th. And then we're going to take a break for the rest of the summer to get rid of, or to get ready for, not rid of, to get ready for the official launch party of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. So that happens at CKUA on the evening of September 22nd. Mm -hmm. Please save the date. And thanks for coming. Thanks for tuning in to the Seen and Heard in Edmonton podcast. You'll find links that we mentioned in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com, and you can subscribe to the newsletter there as well. Join the Edmonton podcasting meetup on meetup.com for details on future get-togethers and for details on the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Sign up for updates at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Thanks for listening.